Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold, the other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. Hey, everybody. And yeah, we're back for another episode of Friday Night Lights. It's season five, episode three, The Right Hand of the Father. And it's a pretty good episode. Um, You know, it's not totally jam-packed with a lot of stuff, but the content it does have is, you know, worth watching. Um, Vince's dad gets out on parole, and that's kind of the big focus of this episode. And anytime I see, like, the word father in a title... Anything to do with the father, I'm immediately like pulled back to um, Matt, and I'm always worried. I'm like, no, no other father's dying. <laughs> no other, no other father's dying. Uh, but obviously, we have a lot of drama going on here with with Vince and his dad. Um, yeah, it, do you want to get to, to like the broad thoughts on the episode in general before we sure. Dive in? Um... You know, I thought this was a really good episode and I liked, you know, we get some characters that we haven't really focused on too much already the last couple episodes, like Buddy. Um, I really like what they've done with him. And as much as I hated this man in the beginning of the entire series, as time's gone on, gone on I find myself actually like liking his character, like, I told I you that what? was going to happen. I told, I know, you, you told way me back that. when. And I was like, you're going to hate him now, but in time, you're going to like Buddy. And you're like, there's no way. There's no way this is going to happen. And there you go. Yeah, the, the panther <laughs> seems like a poison to him. Now that it's been drained out of his blood, he's now the good person. <laughs> and yeah. like seems to be like a normal guy. like Not like a good guy like Eric, but a normal guy. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me ask you a question here. Uh, because I know this, I mean... We'll talk about Buddy here uh, in a second, but he now has a bar slash restaurant kind of deal going on here, I guess. Love it. Yeah. Like, but didn't he like lose all that money uh, and couldn't, you know, send Lila to college <laughs> or, or something? Well, I'm assuming that this, he must have like traded the car lot in for this. I suppose because, yeah, you don't hear anything about the car lot now. <laughs> He won't do it for his daughter, but, you know, he's not voting for the Panthers anymore, so clearly he has to put his money elsewhere. Right. Because I mean, football is important. Well, it does, you know, it does kind of make sense, I guess, in the way uh, that he isn't on the other side of town now, right? Because given that he's more or less exiled himself from West Dillon, you know, nobody, nobody on that side of town is going to go to his car lot. Right, because word's yeah. gonna get around, so they're not gonna visit and buy cars and, and you know all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I guess Buddy's gonna have to set up shop elsewhere, you know. Makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do like that character development that is actually still being included and growing on us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I mean, um, I'll give you my my broad thoughts here, and we can dive right into Buddy. We must as well just keep going. But uh, my broad thoughts on on the show. Uh, this episode um, is that um, I really liked it. I-, I thought that, like you said, we got to see some of the other characters that we haven't really had a lot of interaction with so far this season. 
Um, you know, Buddy being, like you said, a prime example. Uh, but I think that uh, so far the storylines seem pretty good. I do have a, a quibble or two for this episode. Oh, but, I do too. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. But overall, I think it's it's a good episode, and uh, I'm excited to break things down. So, do you yeah. want to keep going with Buddy here because he's got he's got a little little drama coming his way, and the first time that we've seen his wife on this show in. A long like time. Three seasons. I think uh, season two, I think, was the last time we saw her, maybe. Yeah, easily. It's yeah. been a long time. It's still the same actress. I was surprised by that, but I guess it's kind of a little role to come back for. But um, but yeah, the the character is having a rough time with her now teenage son who's acting out, you know, as teenagers do. And, of course, her hippie husband can't do anything <laughs> at all. So she's just bitching to Buddy. And, I mean, she could ask in a nicer way. I will say that. She is kind of, like, tearing into Buddy when he... She left. She took the kids. Went across the country. What did she expect was going to happen? Think her kids were just going to be happy and not have any drama? Like, (laughs) what do you think was going to happen? Well, I mean, look, you know, most uh, kids need their father. um, And not to say that this... uh, stepfather is a is a bad guy he's not maybe not a bad person but there's something i think about needing your biological father is like you need to have some interaction with him and who knows is this about the fact that you know he's not seeing his father maybe maybe not who knows exactly but obviously there's some real issues going on here and she can't figure out what to do with Buddy Jr. So she calls Buddy to try to get some advice, ask him what should I do. Like it's probably the first time that he's been asked for his opinion by her in a very long time. So you know she spent a lot of a lot of time blaming him, and rightly so. You know if we go back to the events yeah. in, of season one and season two, I mean I'm not I'm not here to to say that Buddy's. Uh, role in the divorce and and everything like he's what not you know suddenly blameless no obviously he did wrong he cheated on Pam sounds like many times um, that doesn't doesn't mean though that as a father he should be kept from seeing his kids you know so exactly which I'm a little um, surprised because I thought like with like kids you. I thought you couldn't just take kids and go across state lines. Like you had to, I thought there had to be some like, because you can't just like fly across country and take your kids with you, you know? Like, really? if, I don't think so. I think in the, I'm trying to remember, I think in the United States, if they're minors, I think that there has to be some agreement because, because uh, you need to make it possible for the other parent is to see the kids so that's a lot a lot of times they'll they'll keep you from taking kids i think across state lines unless unless the other parent agrees to it and i can't Um, remember if that happened yeah i can't remember either but maybe it was just like i don't know part of you know settling in the divorce she won't take all his money but she gets the kids maybe i don't know maybe something like that and you know you know you're probably right so yeah, so it's going to be interesting. We're probably going to have a new character for the rest of the season. 
being Buddy's kid. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Like I wonder if he's gonna maybe adapt to football a bit and develop more and possibly be part of the team. <laughs> possibly. You know, my only complaint about this storyline is that you know, now that we're in season five and we only have ten episodes left, it does <laughs> make it a little difficult to bring a character that we haven't seen for quite some time back into the show and try to, you know, make him an integral part of the story in some way, yeah. you know. Um, that's my only complaint there. Like, if they'd have brought him in at the tail end of season four, great. You know, then, then we would have a bit of a jump start. But now, you know, we're not going to see him till next episode. So you're talking, you know nine episodes worth of uh, this character. Yeah, so we'll see if I don't know, they actually make him you know, kind of around and kind of be a character, or if he's just going to be like some background kid <laughs> yep. that kind yep. of pops up once in a while to have like a buddy moment. Possibly. Sure. Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things, we know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love. However, to do this, we need your help. By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly Loot Crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated. So consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freaking geeks and check out what we have to offer. We think you'll like what you see and hear. So yeah, that's pretty much all that's happening with Buddy. We get to know he has a bar and I do like that he's have starting this tradition of when the Lions like win a game, like paints the footballs with the score on it and puts it in a trophy case. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I do like the scene in his bar. I thought that it was very well done. Uh, I thought it was uh, nice that they that he had Eric and Tammy come up and put the footballs up there, you know, and, and kind of make a big show out of it and everything. So, um, yeah, That's I think nice. it was nice. So, who do we want to get into next? Vince has the biggest storyline this episode do we want to dive into him or do we want to get into kind of subplots first um let, let's go to julie first because i know you're really 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 excited about this i want to talk line. about this now and i never want to talk about this guy again <laughs> well i'm not gonna say anything oh my god Just this guy's the biggest piece of shit <laughs> he's the worst person ever like he's awful Oh, I can't even like. It just makes me so angry to even think about it. <laughs> okay, and so let, let, let's let's break this down properly, right? So, <sighs> what happens in the storyline? So, this TA that we immediately know from last episode, Julie's 
kind of interested in, you know, he has a thing about football and it's kind of reminding her of home. So she kind of becomes friends with him. He gives her a shit grade, gives her a lecture about she's not taking chances, then invites her to a shitty party she doesn't actually you know, fit in with because these guys are nothing like her. You know, she learns that he's married, so she drinks a lot from that. He's already drinking a lot. He's manipulating the entire situation to get to the point where, you know, she feels she has a bond with him. And then he's already planted, like, the seed of, like, take some chances. And so she does and ends up sleeping with him. And it's he manipulated that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I hate that he's that smart. And, you know, he's done this a million times before. And I want to kick his ugly face in. Awful. Okay, well, well, I, I do want to comment on that, but let's take a step back. Let's go back to the paper. Okay, yeah. so the paper, by all accounts, is perfectly fine. You know, yes. if you look, if you listen to what he said in the interaction there, there's nothing wrong with this paper. The, the paper doesn't deserve what she get, like a C minus or something, like a C yeah. plus, right? So the reality here isn't that the paper is poorly written or that the arguments in her paper are are not done well uh there's nothing wrong with this paper this this paper is probably more in the a minus to a plus range you know in the a range as opposed to to what she got the only reason that he gave her this grade is that he feels like she she could do more now i'm, I'm not even connecting this to her being manipulated Right. I mean, I'm just looking at this solely as a grade. You know, if his only argument in not giving her a good grade is that she's not taking more chances in terms of the paper only, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know what to say to that. It just sounds to me like an excuse to give her a bad grade. It's crap. Yeah. He did that solely to bring her self-confidence down to get to manipulate her. That's right. the sole reason he did that. Yeah, you're right. And And so she goes to this party. And finds out that he's married. Now, from this point on, I, I definitely, no, don't get me wrong, he definitely deserves a ton of blame here. But Julie also knows that he's married. Now, even if the circumstances around his marriage are kind of nebulous in terms of like his wife going off to wherever she's at and things kind of being really what up in the air, I, I don't know, whatever the situation might be. Julie still knows, okay, he's he's still married. So she has some agency here. I mean, she's not she's not like being mind controlled, right? You know, she she might be subtly being subtly manipulated, but at the same time she's not an idiot. So she could have said, "You know what? Look, I I like you. Uh you're nice, whatever, but you're married. I, I just can't do this. But she didn't, you know, so we have to like throw some of this blame at Julie's feet because, you know, she is still she's still making the choice to sleep with him and that she got up the next morning and hightailed it out of there because I think she knew the moment she woke up and took stock of the situation. I think she realized, ooh, this was a really bad idea. I am out of here. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. She does have to have shoulder some of the blame. But it's been a build-up to this moment. I mean, like, last episode, they made a point to show us that she didn't have friends. She was feeling kind of lonely, trying to fit in. 
and but not really feeling like she was even her roommate doesn't really talk to her and just sleeps with guys and she has no human interaction and then this happens it's just kind of been that like snowball effect like everything kind of happened and it morphed into this situation so i give i demonize him a little more and maybe it's because i like julie and he is a horrible person but I think he was just taking advantage of someone who just started college for the first time ever. You know, they're not settled. You know, she's, her head's not right. She's missing human contact. I definitely put that more on his shoulders than hers. Right. I will say this though, you know, Julie's only been at college for like two weeks, you know? Exactly. Like that's, that's one thing though, that is kind of like, I mean, look, I understand you're far away from home. And if this was like two months in or three months in, I I guess I is could. Is it un- two weeks? I it hasn't been that long. I would I would say maybe a month tops because I remember. I want to say last episode or the first episode, whatever it's been, um, like her mom called her and she'd only been she only been there for like a week, maybe two weeks. So she's only, she's only been there for a very short period of time. Because remember, the first episode is when she left. Yeah. So the second episode, last episode, she hadn't only she hadn't been there for more than a week, maybe two weeks at most. So, I mean, the point is, I, I think she's only really been at college less than a month. And while I understand, like, you know, you're missing home, I, we can all relate. You know, I think most people that go off to college, you know, have some level of homesickness. I, I get it. But at the same time, like, Maybe she isn't really. Uh, maybe her, she and her roommate just haven't had a, a chance to connect yet, really, because you know, they've known each other barely at all. Um, she really hasn't given um, herself a chance to really connect with other people and make friends at college yet. You know, you can't like you're not going to make a ton of friends. You're probably your first week in college. You just you're just trying to acclimate yourself to the college life, let alone making friends. So I feel like. She's all like homesick and lonely and stuff, but like you've only been there for a couple of weeks, three weeks at most. You can't be expected to be partying it up and and having an amazing time when you're just actually trying to get settled into the college lifestyle. So I don't know. I think I I feel more sympathy in that direction for Julie if she'd been there for like a few months and still hadn't made any friends and her roommate didn't talk to her and all this stuff. It, it just don't feel like she has had enough time to really get to the point where it's like, man, I have no friends. And everybody talks to me and my roommate's always having sex with her boyfriend or whatever guy, <laughs> and, you know, then I could be like, okay, I, I get it. You know, you, you've been at college for three months and you're really lonely. So, yeah. Hey, why not sleep with somebody to just have some kind of, I don't know, human connection, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, like I, I know, I get what you said, but the point is, he's a manipulative. Money. He's a manipulative asshole, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And man, I just, I want Julie to get revenge somehow. <laughs> it's the only way I'll be happy with it. Well, yeah. I mean, he deserves it. If you would, if you were to get revenge, or she would get revenge on him, he would deserve it. So definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd, you know, sleep with him again, take some pictures, and send them to his wife. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> right? There's a plan. All right. So uh, do you want to move on to Tammy? Yeah. Tammy is a badass this episode. 
the whole video came out with Mora at the party, and she's, of course, drunk, nearly passed out, and the guys are kind of making fun of her. You know, they're, she's, you know, kind of like, ah, what are you, like, dizzying around, she can't really move, and they're using her as, like, a puppet to make fun of her. And while this is a kind of innocent for what today's standards would be oh, happening, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, still, it's a big... I think they're kind of... They didn't want to go down a, a more serious, dramatic route. Right. So they use this, but I think it's kind of a metaphor for what actually does happen at these parties and the consequences that need to be uh, adhered to after like something like this happens. For both the guys and the girl who was an idiot, and so were the guys. <laughs> so that that was an interesting thing. Um, I agree. You know, they could have definitely taken this to the the route they actually were, were kind of referring to in this episode, yeah. which is really in this situation what they're trying to say without you know because this obviously is still a a network show, so they they, they probably need to be a little careful. Uh, but more or less, what you're saying is, is just like date rape kind of thing but yeah you kind of taking get... advantage of somebody who is not conscious right you know they, they go out they get drunk and then yeah they get taken advantage of so yeah so this is kind of like them kind of getting half halfway there and yeah. still making the point now the question i was going to ask you because i remember when i finished this episode because i forgot you know the particulars about what happened i thought you know one of the things i wanted to ask you was this do you like did you like how they address this in this episode? I think so. Like I would I prefer more subtle and having to actually you know, figure it out for yourself that that's what they're actually pointing to than actually having to have it on screen. I I think that would be that'd be the equivalent of going to like Landry murdering somebody <laughs> like it's a, going down a dark path again and I don't think they want to even go near that because of the bad heat they got from going even close to something so dramatic <laughs> right okay I guess but I guess maybe the question I really really trying to ask here is this um Tammy makes it a point to really lay into Laura in this episode that's her name right Sorry, Mora. Mora. Sorry, Mora, not Laura. Um, really laying into her a couple of times in this episode. The first time she she really is quite stern with her, um, talking about you know, like is this is this what you want to put out there? Do you understand what this actually means? And she definitely made sure to blame Mora for some of this. Yes. Okay, and I guess that was the question I want to ask you because I know there's a lot of times where people. You know, like when people get raped, people will, you know, they'll blame the victim. They'll say, well, you shouldn't have dressed the way you dressed. If you didn't dress the way you dressed, that wouldn't have happened, which of course is ridiculous. And I, I'm asking like in that kind of vein, because it seemed like Tammy was saying, Hey, look, you more or less put yourself in this situation. You know, if you hadn't, if you hadn't been drinking so much, maybe this wouldn't have happened. So, um, you know, from, especially from a female character standpoint. And from you yourself, looking at how this was kind of laid out and what Tammy said, did you feel like that was in that was 
the correct thing to say? Do you feel like basically does Mora deserve some level of blame in this and that she put herself in a situation that allowed her to be manipulated like this? Is there, victim, is, there, any... is there victim blaming going on here or is it is it fair for Tammy to do this? She doesn't deserve any victim blaming. None of it was her fault. But I think what Tammy is trying to drill into her is that, you know, horrible things can happen and you need to be smart enough to be able to prevent anything from happening. Like, not be put yourself in a situation where you may not know these people. Don't let that, you have control. You don't have to be drunk and clearly she has issues and uses drinking or whatever, being stupid, being silly as an escape because Tammy says, you know, she's a smart girl. Apparently she has decent grades. Um, She has a good head on her shoulders. I think what more she wants to put in is that Mora needs to act in a preventative manner. Like, no, it's not her fault. She, there's no blame on her fault with what happened to her. But the truth of the matter is that there's horrible people out there and you need to be smart enough to at least take some precautions against the big bad world. Right. I agree. I mean, I think that uh, this episode, um, I think she did a good job. I mean, I I want to ask that question because I think it's an important question to ask in an episode like this where a storyline like this that we encountered is um, such a, a potent and in a potent storyline, and considering the times that we live in, this is something you you see and hear about all the time, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. So I wanted to kind of throw that question out there because I feel like the writers have always done. I th- I think this is one of the best series when it comes to addressing topics and not being too preachy about them. Um, they tend to do, I think, a pretty good job of not vilifying uh, the victims, you know. And I, th- I feel like when we encounter a, I don't know, air quotes, uh, big issue, they tend to do a really good job with it. So I, I, I just. Yeah, and they do a good job of not vilifying the villains, too, because, you know. You think somebody who's going to harm somebody, you know, they have like a wife beater on and, you know, a mullet (laughs) and like you have a typical like this guy's bad news image in your head, but it can be anybody. And they make a good job at like throughout this whole series of people who do things that are bad and they're not nice people to make them look like ordinary people. And like, like, look at Joe. I mean, he's a total freaking psychopath, but he has the ability to be able to convince people he's a good person <laughs> and right. seem like a normal Joe. <laughs> well, and they do a, they do a good job of at least trying to give even the bad guys some level of humanity at times, yeah. uh, which I think is important because otherwise they're just two dimensional villains. So yeah. even if they're still a really bad person, we can see that the kernel of the pathos, you know, that makes them who they are, the good and, exactly. and the bad. So, um, all right. So I just want, yeah, I wanted to talk about that, but I do think you're right. They don't, they're not an overly preachy show, which is one of the things I love so much about 
Friday Night Lights is that um, they don't go down that route. Yeah, exactly. I do like that. So basically that's Tammy's storyline, um, mostly just dealing with Mara. No epic. Hearing Tammy yell, though, <laughs> was terrifying. But yeah, you're right, no epic, um, which I thought would be something that they'd include her in. You know, trying to teach all the girls, you know, you know self-respect, building, you know, teaching them, like, you know, what can happen to them, blah, blah, blah. You'd think Epic would be involved in something like that because she seems like she needs some guidance. Do you think that they didn't include her because it would feel a little too on the nose with her character? Maybe. Or maybe it's just the, the actress wasn't around that week. Like, I wouldn't want her to be a main part in this, but I would, like... I expected to see her in the hall of girls being talked to, or at least camera focused on her a couple times, but no. Yeah, guess not. Yeah, who do you want to jump into next? Um, well, we have a clip for Jess uh, because she gets a new job. <laughs> yeah, she right. is cute as a button excited about this. Right. Um all right, so I guess let's jump into to Jess. Do we want to play the clip now and then talk about it? Sure, let's go for it. Okay. I want to get real familiar with bleach, because that's the one thing that's going to keep these staph infections hey, from going. Really... Keep it in your pants, Tanker. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's staph infections in here. Yeah, it's a locker room. Okay, all right. Well, hey, everybody, listen up. Uh, this is Jess... Merriweather. Jess Merriweather, all right? She's the new equipment manager with us. I expect y'all to treat her with the same respect that you do me. Alright? What's that? You mean none? <laughs> Shake your face, Moreno! You're good. Thanks. Good deal. So, this is you on the team? Laundry? Well, yeah, because I'm the equipment manager. This is the equipment that I manage. Thanks. All right, hey, focus, focus. All right, this is this is gonna work. I just, I just don't, and I don't, I don't see this. I get to wear a uniform and hats and like stuff like y'all. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. You can't wait till everybody leaves. Can you take those off too, so I can get your your uniform going, baby. But I'm gonna start on this because I got a lot. Of I, stuff I don't know about this, okay. Jess. Mwah, babe. I'll see you later. Later, babe. So yeah, basically the build up to this is like Jess did come up to. Tammy after that big rally and where Tammy talked to them and said like I thought you did a good job and you know she can talk to Tammy one-on-one it's not your your superior adult figure talking to a child yeah you know, they can kind of talk to each other one-on-one which is really nice and Tammy acknowledges this like she's a good girl and she needs to be rewarded for having a good head on her shoulders and being such a good student and you know tells her that she's gonna ask Eric, if she can get this uh, equipment manager gig. And, you know, a little sweet talk with Eric, and sure enough, <laughs> she lands the job. And yeah, it's it's so nice to see her so excited. She's so happy to be included. But it's sad that Vince is equally as unhappy with that. I think it's just weird for him. Um, yeah. It, it's It's like... I, it sounds bad, but it's like this is almost like a safe haven for him, you know, where he can hang the out boys with the guys, only club. right? And he can just kind of hang out with the guys, and and you know, I, I can see it just being a little weird for him. Now all of a sudden, just is gonna be around, 
You know, he has to maybe just be a, a little more buttoned up on what he says. Not to say that he would say anything particularly disrespectful, just in that, you know, guys around each other can be a little crude at times, you know. Yes. Um, and so if Jess is around, it, it might cause him to feel like he has to, you know, just. He can't be a boy's boy. Right. Has to still be like, he holds himself up a little to a higher standard when he's around her. You know, he's got to be the tough boyfriend protector. And when you have your girlfriend in the locker room with a bunch of guys and she's calling you baby and taking your laundry, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hears more than a few in his future. Because <laughs> that's just how they're going to be. You know, they see him with his girlfriend. They're going to make fun of him. <laughs> Yes, yeah, they will make fun of him. There's no doubt. <laughs> and he's supposed to be their leader, so I can see it being a bit of a conflict in the future, but I think Vince kind of sees how happy she is, and he's going to bite his tongue for a while. And this um, is a great clip, really. It's um, it's wonderful because, you know, they have that thing, like you said, the assembly, not the assembly, uh, the whole alcohol you know, meeting, whatever, in in the cafeteria. And, uh, yeah, that's when Tammy brings up the whole, hey, I'll I'll talk to Eric. And and she does, and Eric initially is resistant to the idea, but eventually gives in because Tammy wisely utilizes their daughter in their argument. (laughs) (laughs) And that more or less just ends that. Um, Yeah, exactly. She knows how to win. (laughs) But in this clip, it's, uh, it's great because... And especially if you see it on screen, because the clip, you can hear the the joy in her voice. But if you actually see her on the screen, you know, the 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 excitement is palpable. It's so cute because you can tell, like, this is what she wants more than anything. To be included, one of the guys into football, get to be a part of it and even move her way up to to being a coach, I think would just elate her to no end. Do do you like this uh, path for her, her character? I don't like that she's like she's the girl and she's doing laundry, but I do think it's a good stepping stone for her to maybe <laughs> go above Billy. Well, well, I meant more <laughs> like so like her love for football. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I like that this is um, something that she's passionate about, and I feel like it's only very recently that she's tapped into that understanding of just how much she loves football i think she could eventually become the assistant that eric would want to have on his team she's got bite to her she's got that same you know same way about her to get people rallied up and have their lift their spirits up that i think would be good for having as his assistant like like she could be the assistant that he wanted jason to be Right, exactly. And we know how much, you know, he liked Jason and how much he valued his opinion. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think, well, I don't know how, like, 10 more episodes, who knows how far she's going to get, but I think in the future, that'd be nice for her to build her way up to a coaching position. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think she'll be a good one. If she can make it that far, who knows what the next uh, 10 episodes have in store for her. So on the flip side, on the other side of the whole situation with Mara, the boys are getting punished too. (laughs) 
And Eric's, of course, in charge of that one. Um, at first, the principal wanted to expel all the football players that were in that video, which I thought was insanity. Like, that is a big overreaction. Like, oh, yeah. In different contexts, yeah, but the context that they laid it out in, that's way overreaction <laughs> to expel kids. Like, especially picking on, of course, the football team, like, lay shock. I agree. Yeah, definitely. But, I think yeah. it's a little overreaction there, you know. It's like a little bit. Yeah, you can only take it so far. So, what do we have next here? But yeah, Eric. He is basically dealing with the whole team and trying to get them to hold themselves to a higher standard. Uh, he's pushing them on the field. If any of them talk about that situation, make fun of it, what have you, he kicks them off just like he does with the two. No name, never seen actors before on the team that we don't care about. Kicks them right off. Uh, just as a demonstration to that no one's safe. And he also puts them in suits, which I thought was kind of cute. Uh, so, yeah, them outside of the uh, grocery store in their suits, in the blazing sun, like harassing little old ladies coming out of the grocery store was hilarious like sure they're trying to build teen spirit but it more looks like you know, they're just harassing poor shoppers poor things you know they just want to go get their groceries and yet <laughs> you have these football players that are just like here take this take this hey you know they are on you <laughs> like i like, eh, you might not want to do that <laughs> you know hey here's an idea uh why don't you offer to carry the groceries when they come out and right? as you're like, taking, that would be a good idea. As you're taking the groceries to their car, you can talk to them and say, Oh, Hey, I'm just going to put this in your, can I put this in your bag? And it's, you know, like do it that way. Why, why not? Why not do it that way? Yeah. Seriously. That'd be a little smarter, but yeah, you know, the team is kind of just not interested. You know, they don't see the point. They want to leave. And Vince who is dealing with daddy coming home, is just not in the mood to rally them up together and have anything to do with it. And he also ditches. Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Yeah. Which 
uh, becomes a big thing with him and Eric later. But before we get into that, um, let's talk a bit about Vince's dad coming home. You know, he's out of prison, and I guess it was for stealing, robbing, and a little bit of Grand Theft Auto, I'm guessing. I think I heard a bit about car. Because even Vince was like, where'd you get the car when he rolled up in the car? Right. Already suspicious of him. Um, so yeah, but he is instantly welcomed back into their home by his mother. And of course, he's had to deal with, you know, keeping his mother alive the last few years and keeping their family afloat. He doesn't want anything to do with him. Kind of rightfully so. Well, you know, his dad is the one that got his mom hooked on drugs. Yeah. So, so why would you want that person back in your home? Right. So yeah, you're not exactly going to be excited to have this guy home. And I understand. I mean, look, Vince has, uh, he's grown up a lot in the last, you know, two seasons of the show. Uh, well, last season, of course, in, in this season. Um, so I guess season, season plus, but he's grown up a lot. You know, we saw that, you know, as Eric says later in this uh, episode that, you know, when he saw him, you know, last season before the season started, he was climbing out of a cop car. So yeah. you went from that to what he is now, which is a football player, a leader on the team, a leader in the community. He got helped get his mom clean. He's the man of the house. And yeah, now this guy comes walking in the door like he could just pick up where he left off five years ago. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> and I kind of like, I can't believe his mother let him walk in back into the house. Like, I don't really know what she was thinking. Like, how can she be so okay with that? You know, she went down that dark path because, you know, he introduced her to drugs and he you know, got into trouble, pretty much abandoned their family and, I just don't understand that kind of thinking. Why would you want him in your house? I think it comes down to just, you know, I think she probably realized just how much she missed him. You know, I'm not saying like that's an excuse. I just think that's probably why. He doesn't doesn't really seem like a bad guy. Just seems like somebody who made some really poor choices in his life and ended up consequentially doing bad things. Well, yeah, he does. I mean, when we first meet him, you know, he and his mom are laughing. They seem like they're having a good time and things seem great. Of course, Vince isn't excited about it. (laughs) We knew he wouldn't be. In that that scene, he is like the dark cloud that is just absorbing all the light in the room with his just like the anger he has and the resentment he has for his father, which is great. Like, acting because you completely feel that he his his glare is just down it is on point (laughs) yeah i mean we have to remember something you know vince is what 17 years old which means his dad left when he was around 11 or 12 that's a pretty you know vital time to want to have your father around especially when you're you're heading into your teenage years and his dad's gone he knows why it's not just that his dad's gone. He he resents his dad for not being around. But he also resents for the state of the family that he left them in when he left. And you got to yeah. remember something. If, if he's the one that got his mom into drugs five years ago, then it was only, what, 
six months ago that she got clean. Yeah. So for the last, basically the last five years of their life, if plus five years plus, because we don't know how long she was, she was addicted before, you know, he went to prison, but you know, the last five years have been him more or less keeping the family afloat, Seriously, surviving, yes. scratching a living, you know, th- you know, how do you how do you welcome somebody back into the fold knowing full well that the reason your family is the way it is or was the way it was is because of them. They are the reason why they were struggling and why he's why he spent much of the last five years just trying to scrape, you know, scrape by and, and live, you know, and being a man of way beyond his years. Yeah, having to grow up, yeah, you're right. Having to grow up way before you need to, or you should. Yeah, his childhood was taken completely because of his father's actions. Precisely. So that's quite a big a big pill to swallow. Right. Oh, yeah, I would, I'd, I'd be furious. I would feel the same way. I'd be like, get out of here. We do not want you around. We're completely fine without you. We don't need you. you know, hightail it out of here. Yeah. You know? But um, you know, after he has the big showdown with his father, um, he basically calls himself the man of the house, and his father doesn't take too kindly to that, and they kind of have a head a head butting of minds and way they think the house is, and just find, getting out all his anger and finally letting his dad know he's not welcomed and he doesn't want him in their house. And just getting some of that out of his system before bailing. Big showdown between them. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I like that big showdown where they really butt heads because yes. when he when he does let him. And I like that he, he got right in his dad's face and he did not back down. No. You know, like in, in everything he said was right. Like his dad had no rebuttal because he, he knows he doesn't have a leg to stand on. And so Vince A has the, the the proverbial high ground here. Um plus the fact that he wasn't going to back down like you know Vince won daddy zero, you know, in this battle. Oh, um really? so yeah, I, I like how that worked out. Um but uh yeah, it, it it's such um it's it's just it's such a, a wonderful it's such a wonderful scene because all of that anger is there, but he's so resentful. And so when he goes to, to the locker room, to Eric, uh, and obviously he's already, you know, we already dealt with the whole parking lot scene with like the grocery store. There's this, uh, an amazing scene where he kind of blows up at Eric too, right? Yes. Uh, this is my favorite scene of the episode. Um, they have a big game they're about to go into, um, and Vince gets pulled into Eric's office, and Eric, you know, asks him why he bailed on the the grocery store, and Vince just lets it all out. We have a, a clip of it, so you don't have to hear me just go on about the scene. You can listen to it. So we're going to play that right now. So you left the grocery store early. Why? Why not? Go ahead, say it. Say what's on your mind. Well, first of all, you didn't ask me how I felt about just being on the team. 
being in the locker room. Personnel decisions. And all these new rules, they're stupid. This shirt, this tie, and whatever high standards you're looking for, this ain't it. Close that door. Close that door. I first met you. You were climbing out of a police car. People said you were a punk. You'd never last on the field. You know they still believe that? Screw them. I work hard for everything I got. I know you do. And you ought to be damn proud about that. I am. I'm proud of you. Your teammates are proud of you. It's about character. It's about striving to be better than everybody else. Coach, my dad just got out of prison. He's staying with me in miles. And I can't stand him. My mom, she asked me to forgive him. To be better. And you're asking me to be better. I don't know how to be better, because he never taught me how. He never taught me how to be better. He's not around. Hey, Coach. I'm supposed to be better. Ten minutes. Fine, I'm coach. supposed to be better. Close that door. Listen to me. I said you need to strive to be better than everyone else. I didn't say you needed to be better than everyone else. But you gotta try. That's what character is. It's in the trying. Give you a few minutes to gather yourself up here. So yeah, that is one powerful scene, and it is your very classic Eric Taylor delivered, you know, uplifting speech that you know makes you really see life in a different light. One of those really powerful um, speeches he gives, and he talks about to Vince about character, about striving for betterment, not thinking you are the best but always striving always trying and that that's where the character lies is in the trying and that kind of just awakens Vince up to a different way to process all this and a way of thinking that you can just see it in his face it's such good acting in the scene oh yeah um it's amazing and Michael B. Jordan is a phenomenal actor if you haven't seen the movie Creed I highly recommend watching it because he gives a, a, familiar. a, a, yeah, a, a powerhouse performance. It's the, the Rocky sequel that came out last year. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 it, no, 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 no. Trust me. It, it's not what you think. It's really, really good. Like it's, it might be the best Rocky movie ever made. You know, it's really, really good. It, it's I not, heard good things about it. It's not your cliche, your Rocky three, Rocky four, fight the Russian fight. whoever like this is go to mars and fight the martians (laughs) this this i mean i'm going on a tangent here so i apologize to everybody but uh creed will make you cry i heard really good things this is 2015 yeah maybe i'll have to give it a try yeah it it will make you cry 
And I can honestly tell <laughs> you, it's, it's, the, it's the best performance that Sylvester Stallone has ever given. Oh, that does something. Yeah, it it's yeah, he's pretty amazing. So fun, uh, uh, fun fact: in First Blood, it was filmed in a city that's about forty minutes to an hour away from me, and it's where my parents grew up. And my dad is actually in a scene in First Blood. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's in the bar, kind of in the background with the like Fu Manchu uh, mustache. And it's like really, really old school blue jacket. That's just like, it's it's so the time. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, we are on a big tangent. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, back to the show. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I love this uh, scene. Um, again, like you said, it's kind of like your vintage Eric um, moment where he, he gives the, the characters what they need to hear. The Mulder of Men speech. Right. And and it's not – it's never – it never gets old because it comes from such a, a pure place. You know, he's telling Vince what he needs to hear. So and, genuine. And he's trying to give him A, what he needs to hear, what's going to help make him a better person. But also, he's trying to impart some kind of wisdom on him. And it works because there's such a sincerity. Eric Eric is firm. He, he won't back down. It's rare that you ever see him backing down from another character, especially one of his players. So when he gives this advice to him, when he tells him, look, I'm not asking you to be the best person. I'm just asking you to try. It's in the attempt that you build character. And you're right. I mean, the look on Vince's face is just, he's kind of stunned because he never looked at it from that angle. He just looked at Eric saying, you need to be a perfect person. Yeah. But when I'm not asking you to be perfect, I'm just asking you to try. Do your best. And if you do exactly. that, that's good enough. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful speech. And it really, you know, gets Vince to that next level. Like, and it is, like, he talks about how you know, the first time he saw Vince, he was getting out of the cop car. And it draws everyone watching back, too, to be like, damn, you're right, man. He's going to sleeps and bounds. And watching his character develop has felt so natural. Like, it just kind of brings that all together, you know? Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question now, because I was, I was going to ask you this. I think the first episode I forgot to, you know, <laughs> we're now sixteen episodes into Vince's character, and if you go back to the first episode in season four, you know, I remember you saying, "Boy, this is really hard." You know, getting introduced to these new characters. I don't know anything about them. I, I don't feel any connection to these characters, right? Because they're not, you know, they're not, um, you know, Jason, they're not, uh, Tyra, Tyra. And, I still miss her. Right. Right. Um, although Jess is a pretty good substitute. I gotta give, I gotta give her, you know, she's, yeah. And yeah. she's a little, got a, a better head on her shoulders. She's a little firecracker. <laughs> she is. She is. Um, but yeah, all these characters that we spent, you know, three seasons getting to know, these aren't the characters, right? They're new characters. And now that we're 16 episodes into 
you know, Vince and Jess and everybody that we've met, what are your feelings on the journey so far? Do you feel like you, you've you've grown attached to these new characters in that time period? Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard to think that it's only been 16 episodes because, you know, it took us a couple seasons to love our original characters as much as we love them. And I do feel like after one season, these 16-odd episodes, that I care about these characters as much as I did the original characters. And boy, does that say something about the writing to, to take a whole different direction, get new characters, new school, you know, new drama and everything like that, and have your audience still think it's wonderful and that your characters are relatable and actually care about them. That says something yeah. great about the writing. Oh, I agree. I, I, I couldn't agree more because it, it's it's a big change. I remember the first time I went through it. The first time I watched the show and I got to season four and I was like, I almost groaned a little bit. I remember I was like, I, don't I know think if, I did. Too. I don't know if I can do this, you know, like, I'm, like, where are all the characters that I love? Like, where's where's Tyra? Where's everybody that I, you know, that I I wanted to still be around? And yeah, I mean, I we still had Landry and everything, but it, a lot of these wonderful characters were gone. And I just I had a hard time believing that I would feel like I would had something to be attached to, you know, and, and especially whenever, um, you know, Matt left, like to me, when Matt left the show, that was it. That was, I was like, ah, oh, you know, that, that's it, buddy. That, that's my, that's, that's my guy right there. Yeah. Because that was the last character that was the, the weaning off of the original characters is when Matt left. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Right. So anyway, you know, now that we're 16 episodes in, it's, um, yeah, these characters are great, and they're so vividly drawn. Uh, even Becky, Becky, she right there, like that, that there tells you everything you need to know. When Becky, when you, start get, when you start getting attached to her, that tells you a lot. Yeah, I I remember the first time I saw her on TV, I absolutely hated her guts. I thought she was so annoying, so loud, and just so clingy to Tim, but. She grew on you, yep. <laughs> big big time. Yep. Well, we've got another like nine, ten, oh, ten episodes to go. So, oh, you know, still got uh, a lot of time with these characters. The I was looking at the ratings in IMDb, and there's like one episode that has like a nine point nine. That's near the end that I'm really excited to see. Like, I, IMDb does not give nine point nines, so I'm excited to see that episode. Uh, what episode would that be? I think it's the second from the last. Or the last? Let me just check. I, I bet it's the last. <laughs> Everyone knows that iTunes reviews really helps their podcast reach more people. But did you know that rating and reviewing us on iTunes will benefit you as well? Every month we'll be noting who rated and reviewed us across all of our podcasts. Doing so will put you in the running for a gift from our sponsor, Spindlecraft. If you rate and review one of our podcasts, you will gain one entry. If you rate two, you gain two entries, and so on. This allows us to give a little something back for taking the time to rate and review our podcasts. You'll continue to be eligible to win each month for six months, or until the sponsorship ends. Winners will not be authorized to win again. It only takes a few minutes, but we think it's worth it. You should, too. Right, 9.7, but yeah, it is the last one. Yeah, well, it's, it's because it's one of the greatest uh, series finales of all time. 
So when I watch it, eventually I'll have to really take the time to put it on the big screen, not on my computer, get some popcorn, get some tissues, and really brace myself for it. You need to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I will. <laughs> but that's a couple months down the road. I can prepare. <laughs> yeah, you can prepare properly. All right, so we should get to our final thoughts and final grade. Yeah. Like, is there anything else? I mean, I guess, is there anything else that we want to talk about? Is there any other before we get I into that? I think we got them all. Yeah. I think we got hit. We hit, hit everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had the final, the game at the end. Um, you know, Vince. Oh, has, yeah. It was Vin- nice seeing Vince's dad there. Vince's dad was there. Huge game. And then, of course, Vince had that. Oh, we didn't talk about the end uh, chat yeah. with his father. Uh, yeah, so he comes back home from his big game. He's the star of that game. He just, they call him now Vince Superman. What's his last name? Howard. Howard, yes. Vince Superman Howard, which is awesome. And he comes back home and his dad's packing up and they have this really great heart to heart. It's not like, I forgive you. I welcome you back into my home. Mushy. Not like, weeping into each other's arms. Yeah, you know. Exactly. It's truly a man to man talk with wearing your heart on your sleeves. And his father is accepting. Yeah. Like you are the man in the house. You did. You're you're only 17 and you've done far more for this family than I think I ever could. And it's a big statement to say in him for actually to leave the house, go find somewhere else to live. That's pretty big. I I love it. I, I think it was a great way to end this episode and uh, a natural way to take this relationship. Yeah, it was important that they allow Vince to really dictate what happens in that household, because otherwise it would have it would have made him this little kid again. And I think in terms of the growth of his character, they couldn't afford to do that, so they had to make sure. That his, you know, have his father leave and go live elsewhere and, you know, allow Vince to remain, you know, the man of the house, you know, as he, as he is. Yeah, exactly. It was the right thing to happen. Great scene. Definitely. So we've talked about that. Um, I guess we'll jump into our final thoughts and our grade. Do you want to start first? Sure. Um, yeah, I like this episode a lot. I thought that it pushed everything forward pretty, uh, pretty well. I, I think that the introduction to Vince's father was handled excellently. Uh, the progression of his character just in this episode and the relationships between Vince and his mom, the table has been set. We now understand where each of their relationships are with his father. Vince is resentful, angry, rightly so, and his mom appears to I think realize how much she missed him. Maybe, maybe she wants some companionship. We don't, we don't, we don't know how long it's been since she has dated anybody or, you know, or been with anybody. And my guess is it's probably been some time. So of course, you know, you have her father or his father back, which means she just sees him as somebody that she's familiar with and you know obviously there was a good relationship there at some point in time so she's probably just trying to tap back into that hopefully now 
everybody else in this episode, I think, did a great job. I love Jess's storyline. I love the the direction that they're taking her. I love the fact that they took this this little nugget from last season, which was helping Landry be a better kicker. And I don't think at that point in time that they knew that this is the direction they're going to take the character. But I think that they saw that, thought, that sounds great, love the idea, and they ran with it. And now, you know, we have Jess as somebody who loves football, helped Vince over the summer. Obviously, this is something that she feels passionate about. And given her father's background, I think this is great. So I love what they're doing there. Uh, Tammy's storyline was very effective. I think Eric did a great job. They did a fantastic, even though they weren't in the scenes together, I think they both did an amazing job trying to be, you know, we, we give Eric all this credit as being an, a mortar of men. But yep. isn't Tammy also a mortar of women, and, men and women? You know, she's yeah, really, she's as good. True. She's as good at doing that as Eric is, and I don't think people give her enough credit. She does a great job too. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Julie, I know, uh, uh. grown, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see what the what happens in the next uh, you know three or four weeks and see how that plays out. Um, all right, I think um, for me that's gonna be an A minus grade uh it's not perfect but it's a really good episode and i love the direction that they're taking most of the characters i think if you took julie's story out of it it would be a higher grade <laughs> but you know not everybody can get perfectly wonderful storylines some people have to make stupid mistakes and she I is so. making one so. she sure is <laughs> but i completely agree with everything you're talking about it's a wonderful episode and just even just talking about it more and more, I like it more and more. Um, especially, you know, the whole storyline about Mora and how it affects both like the, the guys involved and the side of the women and how it's kind of just like a lightened metaphor for things that really happen. It's very smartly played out is really good writing. Um, and watching Tammy yell like it puts shivers down my spine just be like feeling like I'm in trouble <laughs> she's got a tone and she does it really good um and I do love the whole Vince storyline with his father um I was worried that you know it was going to kind of screw things up the dynamic and you know they've played it out really well and then there, of course, Jess. I like her having more of an involvement uh, in the team. It suits her personality very well because she's always said that she loves football, even in the defiance of her father originally. Like she loves football. It's in her. It's in her blood. So I like that she's being more and more involved in it. And Julie's storyline, I could do without. But you know, I hope that it eventually leads to you know. His apartment catches fire and she locks him in there and everyone's happy. Something like that. <laughs> I would be so blissfully happy if that happened. Well, obviously, I can I can tell. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would give it an A. I'd give it an A. Okay. It's it's a fair grade, you know. Like there isn't a whole lot wrong with this episode. I, th- I think it's it's a, obviously a, a better than solid episode. If it's in the A range, it deserves uh to have 
some significant praise to it. And I think this is a very praiseworthy episode. Um, it's very well balanced in terms of the storylines. And I think the, uh, the pacing for the episode is done really, really well. Um, you know, we didn't get much with Luke in this episode. We saw him very briefly kind of staring at, um, Becky. Uh, so, you know, very little on Luke this week, but it's fine. It's got a, we got a large cast here. So not everybody can get a, a big storyline each week. Some people have to recede into the background for an episode or two, and then they'll come back and have more stuff to do. So, I mean, that's just the nature of ensemble casts. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think Uh, that wraps it up for this episode. Next week will be episode four and can't believe that we only got 10 left. It's the countdown. It's pretty crazy. It's getting crazy. So I hope you all have a good night, and we'll see you soon. Uh, do we want to enter or end it the way we always end it? I forgot. She, she forgot. <laughs> this is what people. happens when you put me in charge. Let's see. You know, I put her in charge, and it all goes to hell. <laughs> all right. Like, 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 like I've never done that before. <laughs> right. Right. I think it's just me. <laughs> okay. Uh, what? Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, Can't lose. lose. Damn it. <laughs> It's so awesome. Uh, well, we try. We do. Kind (laughs) of. All right, everyone. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Later. Thanks for listening to the Friday Night Mics podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us. It really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanik. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.